Welcome to the She Is podcast. Come join us as we share with each other the stories that make us who we are. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged to keep boldly writing your story. Hey guys, I'm super excited for you today. I have a new friend with me. Um, her name is Kristen Tillman, and um, she I am getting to know her, and so I'm just excited for you to get to know her too with the story she brought today, but would you be willing to tell them a little bit about yourself? Yes. Well, thanks for having me, first of all. Yeah. Um, I'm Kristen Tillman. Um, I am a mom and a wife, and um, I've been a part of this community here. We've moved to Kansas City about eight years ago, about, and I'm from Missouri, and um, yeah, so this is home for us. Yeah, I am a, um, on the worship team here. That's that's how you might recognize her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and so yeah, I'm loving Graceway. This is just such a beautiful community, and we're loving calling this place home. So. Oh, nice. Well, um, it won't take you long when you meet Kristen to just see she has such a sweet spirit, and I'm really excited to for you to read your story today. Are you willing to, to do that now? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, well, I grew up um, in a place with a lot of diversity. I saw many different examples of God's beauty in his people. Lots of variety in ethnicity and hair color and skin and height and body structure, all things. And God made all of his image bearers beautiful. In my younger years, I was a normal kid, always outside riding my bike, jumping rope, playing with my siblings and cousins and friends. In school, I was a classroom helper full of joy, always ready to be the teacher's right hand. In elementary school, we participated in President's Fitness Test, which is where we compete in different athletic tasks to show our strength and agility. Part of the assessment included our teacher bringing us to the front and using a tool to measure the fat around our midsection. I had become a curvier child around that time, not necessarily overweight, but had begun developing beyond my previously frail frame. As my PE teacher measured my waist, he made a comment aloud in front of my peers that, that a larger pinch like I had was not, quote, not what you want, folks. And I was absolutely devastated. I went from enjoying being an active and moving and moving my, an active child and moving my body like all my friends to instantly becoming aware that I, as I was, was not acceptable. At that moment, something shifted. From that moment on, I began conscious of that my body needed to fit into a certain mold. I started comparing myself to my classmates, and I thought he didn't make that comment to her, which then made me study what was different about us. By the end of that school year, some of my joy had begun to fade. As time went on, I also developed exercise-induced urticaria, which um, essentially is an allergic reaction to the quick changes in body temperature that happen when you exercise. I've since been able to pinpoint that it happens most dramatically when I exercise outside in cooler, temp cooler temperatures. Excuse me. As it developed, completing activities like the mile run and other outside activities I would begin to itch all over like crazy. I described it as my bones itching. My PE teachers felt that I was making an excuse or being lazy. It was such a hard time for me. I was forced to finish activities in spite of what my body felt like many times, leaving me in tears. 
By high school, I'd picked up a number of pounds. All the while, I was still pretty active. I'd run track, played basketball and volleyball, taken many exercise classes, gotten involved in show choir and dancing. I'd begun drinking nutritional shakes for breakfast and was very mindful of the food I ate. Still, my body was holding on to weight. Sadly, I'd been exper I began experimenting with bulimia. I convinced myself that I needed to do whatever it took to look like I was healthy. By God's protection, I'm also a singer, and I remember noticing that bulimia could impact my singing voice and was able to stop that because the potential of losing my ability to sing was too high of a cost for me. Well into adulthood, I, can, I continued to be aware of my weight. I cannot remember a time where food has not been a concern of mine. Moving into my marriage and motherhood, I've been able to grasp that although weight is an important marker in maintaining physical health, it cannot be the ultimate measure. There are many factors that play that, at play that move us into physical health. Oh, by God's grace, I've learned that no matter what the number of the scale, the size on the label that I'm wearing, God designed me in his image. I'm his. He made no mistake in the design of my body. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our society has a lot of opinions on how people are on on how people who are overweight arrived in that place. For some, it simply is gluttony. It's very real and has become a very overlooked area of sin in the church. For others, however, there are deeper issues at play. Genetics and underlying medical issues make it necessary for some to be mindful of every calorie that enters their body. They have no choice but to fight to find activities and programs that keep their bodies burning calories. Society has such strong opinions. Fat shaming, especially within the church, is just, just as damaging and sinful as the gluttony they are attacking. For me, the Lord is consistently refining and affirming me that I am his and beautifully made in his image. I'm still on a journey of healing from the wounds I've endured around this topic, continually focused on maintaining my health, both mentally and physically. I have developed such shame around being overweight. I feel like I know too much to still be on this journey. The lies from the enemy will not take root within me. I'm aware of them now. I know what he's trying to do. I'm consistently focusing on reminding myself that this temple the Lord has given me is beautifully and wonderfully made. I refuse to make weight loss an idol. Instead, I choose to focus on mental and physical health. Instead, I choose to find activities I enjoy that keep me active. I fuel my body with nourishing foods. I'm still on this journey of healing. I'm so, I've surrendered that the fact that this is where God has me for this time. If I gain no insight, I will forever remember that it is my honor to use this strong, beautiful body he's given me for his glory. Thank you for sharing that story. Yes, thank you. I know that it wasn't initially the story that you had planned to share. It was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can tell, too, that the Lord is still working in your heart around it. Is. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you came to share this story? Yes. So I, like you mentioned, I, I have some stories that I lead with whenever I'm asked to share on things. And 
Um, this topic in particular is one that I hold close to myself. I don't mm -hmm. share it with many people. It's, um, it's just such a tender thing. And even as I work through it, I think, you know, I think I'm doing all the work I need to do. Sure. It still just bubbles up and there's, it's just very, a very emotional place. But the Holy Spirit, as I was praying through what to talk through and what to share, just was clear to me. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest, I ran from it for a minute. I sure. was like, ah, yeah, that's definitely not the topic that I want to share about. Mm -hmm. But um, I continued to just kind of pray about it and think on it. I talked with my husband and shared what I was feeling nudged to do. And he, he just was like, okay, well, tell me what you're thinking. Let's talk about it. And um, he prayed with me. And anyway, wow. so I, I just, it, it was clear that this is the topic. I think it's just something that we don't talk about. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing. It's so personal and it looks different for each person. And I think in the church, like I said, um, gluttony is a sin that we just really don't know how to handle. We don't know really what to, what to say about it. And so, um, you know, a lot of churches, we gather around food and really just as a society, food is just something that Whenever sure. there's a celebration or grieving or nice anything, yeah, yeah. anytime, yeah, and that's not a bad thing. But I think um, it's in some of in some people, it just is a harder topic because our bodies don't respond the way that some people's do. And I also want to be clear that this isn't only about gluttony, body and body shaming and things. Body shaming happens on the, when people are smaller as well. There's sure. people that make comments, oh, you need to eat something or all yeah. the things that, that are said about that as well as when you're larger. And so um, I think for people who are overweight though, it um, there, there are people who say it flippantly and dudes say, you know, still make comments, but I think that it is a thing that people can understand is a little bit more tender and, um, you know, even when you walk into a store, there are some stores you just can't buy something. And so um, it just society is just not set up for us to really um, be um, larger. And so anyway, when I was praying through kind of what to talk about, it really um, which is something that I know I've struggled with most of my life and continue to now. And I know I'm not the only one. I know it. And I've had many heart to hearts with people. Um, who have just shared that it's it's not something they want to talk about. It's just mm -hmm. it's like taboo, and mm -hmm. I, it does it shouldn't be. It's it's around our eating and um, nourishing our body. And I think you know we have fast food on every corner and all the things. And so yeah. it's just our society doesn't support um, making um, our health a priority. And it's we really like I said we surround ourselves with food at celebrations. And so it's just really one of those things that. Um, me sharing that I've journeyed through bulimia is, it really is a source of, I'll just say embarrassment. Mm -hmm. I I don't have any pride in that, obviously. I mean, I, maybe not obviously, but it is just so shameful for me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, a lot of this journey, I've had lots of opinions and I've gone to doctors and I've done a lot of things and some of the things just haven't worked. I've tried many of the things to drop some weight. Um, some of them have made me sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've ended up with health issues I didn't have before that. And so then I've had to dial back and reassess. And so it's just really been a big journey. And again, my, my goal is just to help people understand that you are not alone. Yeah. And that this is something that we have to to dig into the word about. We've got to plug into God, and He is part of this. 
and that even on the journey, he sees you and you're beautifully and mm -hmm. wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. You are his image bearer, even in this. Yeah. And so I just want that to be something that people remember and know. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for having the courage to share, because I know a lot of people will connect to your story. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that you were talking about is going into a store and not maybe being able to purchase in certain stores. Yes. What, what is that like for you? Well, it's been a journey. And like I said, I've been um, on this journey for a while, but there were previously, now things are getting a lot better, but previously there were really stores where I would walk in with a group of friends maybe, or um, I would need a specific thing for, um, an event at school or just in life, you know, I'm going to someone's wedding or something like that. And so I'd need something quickly. And there were times where I simply would not be able to find something. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, what do you do? Yeah. If you're, if you're sent and you need to find a black dress and you've gone to six stores and you're like, Oh no, there's literally nothing oh. here. Yeah. What do you do? Do you show up without what you need? Or do you say, okay, well let me drive to the next town over a city over, make a trip to a major city or you know, now we have online shopping, and so that's a, obviously a, a, a better option. We have options now. Yeah. But, yeah, when you need something and mm -hmm. you walk into multiple stores and there's nothing for you. And it it's interesting because, like, it wasn't like, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to throw out numbers, but um, even being, like, a size 16 has been an issue. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is... Um, the average woman is a size 12. Mm -hmm. And so to be um, a couple of numbers up it was devastating when you walk in and you can't find anything. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, there have been plenty of times where I've purchased something that really wasn't the right size. Okay. And so I'm walking around uncomfortable and yeah. Then of course, then the shame just falls again, and the self feeling like an outsider. Yes. Like, well, and then like I don't fit in. Yeah, and then I'm mean to myself and say, "Well, had you just, you know, maybe you shouldn't eat that, or you should have ran a little longer, you should have, you know, pushed yourself harder because if you did that, then you wouldn't, you'd be able to fit this dress fine, or oh, yeah. you know, and some of that obviously is true. You can't put in more effort and you can push, but. Um, it just, the society is not supporting me being healthy in this aspect of the mental health. Sure. Because you're, you just kind of, it's easy to, to move inward with it and get upset with yourself or blame yourself or, mm -hmm. I don't know. And I, I, there's so many opinions about what numbers should be available to who, but I just feel like, um, when the average society is a 12, it shouldn't, yeah. it should kind of support equally the equilibrium on either side sure. and that's not the case so. yeah yeah and I was thinking about when you were saying that I feel like things not being available in your size probably reinforced that feeling of like this is not acceptable yes from yeah women. society's telling me no we didn't make clothing for you mm -hmm. so you're not you're not what we thought about when we designed this, this these clothes yeah so so um, what has the journey been like for you with trying to um, overcome that lie of, yes. of not being acceptable? Yeah, it that journey has been long. I'm still on it. I continue sure. to say I'm still on it because I have to make sure that I'm dialed in and remember what I know. Um, mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time in the Word and just trying to remember the promises of God and be mindful and um, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah. That is 
I, I, it just matters. I have to say it to myself because I, if I know that that's what God sees when he looks at me and I know that he sees none of our imperfections, we mm -hmm. see them. They're front and center. Oh, sure. But, yes. Right. But when he looks at us, he sees beauty. He designed each of us. And there are, there's, it waxes away, especially for me, I've got a myriad of sizes that I've been in my life. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at pictures, um, I can compare and choose the ones that I think are the most beautiful and mm -hmm. the most um, put together or, um, but when God sees me, he sees the girl that he, he made. Yeah. He, he sees all the things he planned for me. And none of that has anything to do with the number on the scale or the size of my label. He doesn't care about that. And so if I can remind myself of that as I honor the temple that he did give and I, you know, nourish it with good foods and um, move it and keep it, keep it as active as I can so I can serve for yeah. him, yeah. Um, then that's good. And so I've, I've had to just speak to myself and tell myself that I'm beautiful and wonderful and he, this is his design and he didn't make a mistake. And, you know, I can't ruin the plans he has for me for having a couple extra pounds. If I can keep moving and keep honoring it and keep looking toward him and reaching toward him and staying in the word and reminding myself of what he says, then that's all. That's mm -hmm. all he asks. So, yeah. 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 So the time in your life where you were struggling with bulimia, um, can you speak a little bit more about that? Because yeah. some people may not know why that would affect singing or right. what... Okay, so bulimia um, is an eating disorder that um, it, it, it shows up in different ways in different people. So for me, my journey, um, I would eat a normal meal um, and then before it had a chance to move into my stomach and digest, I would sneak away to the bathroom and force myself to vomit. And so the issues that that um, made me concerned for my singing voice is that that's all my stomach acid coming up. And you think about it, if you've ever vomited, most of us have, all of us, I would think, yeah. right? Um, and so you know what that feels like when your your throat is hurting and you, it's just, you you know, it's not comfortable. You've hurt your throat. You've kind of got a scratchy throat for a couple of days or however long it is to recover and heal from that because that's not how your body's designed. The acid mm -hmm. is not supposed to come out of your stomach right. like that. And so um, when you're doing that on purpose and purging food on purpose, especially when you're doing it routinely, your body is, your the acid is damaging your throat and mm -hmm. vocal cords. Okay. And so um, thankfully it did not last long because I was So quickly, you started to notice that I was, did yeah. quickly. And it was in when I was in high school and I was singing um, with a show choir and we would go and sing with um, different state competitions and things like that. And I had aspirations to sing and do musicals and Mm -hmm. um, all of that in, in college and beyond and all of that, um, sang in my worship team in my church. I was mm -hmm. very active. And so with my singing voice. And so I did not want to jeopardize that. And yeah. so I, the Lord alone, I'm so grateful that I knew that that was a concern. I didn't wait for it to become a problem mm -hmm. because I think, um, that is one thing is in when people that I know who have walked, um, the journey of eating disorders, um, you're not normally able to rationalize that this could be damaging to me. Mm -hmm. You 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 know that. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone tells you that. You're aware that it's not what you're supposed to be doing. But mentally, usually, it's hard to see 
that this is going to be a damaging thing that I need to now stop on this side of it before the damage occurs. Mm -hmm. So I'm just grateful that I didn't have to, because it would have quickly turned into my, my music teacher, any of my coaches or any of the people would have said or at church, yeah. what's going on with your voice? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it also can cause some teeth issues. And so there would have been, I, I know had I not, the Lord not given me that piece about it to say, okay, this is enough, yeah. that there could have been some potentially lifelong damaging issues. So, yeah. And I did have some digestive issues that I had to work through. And even in that short time, it was a wow. few months. It mm -hmm. wasn't long, but I did have some residual issues that I had to kind of get my body healthy again. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. One one kind of theme that I hear in your story is just of being alone. You know, yeah. with the, the I I saw it with the stuff with your PE teacher, but then. Um, with um, the bulimia, but then also with um, the, your exercise-induced, how do you say that? Urticaria. Urticaria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing that either you had no one to talk to or you felt like um, the people that you shared what you were going through didn't believe. Yes. Um, and I just was curious for you... Um, is that something that you have to battle now where it's like, no, I, I have people I can, you know, yeah. just having been in places where it felt like you were alone. Um, is that something now that you have to kind of battle, uh, to tell yourself? Well, I think, um, now, so I, I am, I'm a lot more aware that I have to have community. Okay. <laughs> Back then I just would. I, I thought I could handle it all and I would just say well I'll tackle this and it'll be fine um, and even with the urticaria um, as I finally shared it with my family my dad said oh yeah I have that oh it was genetic yes wow. and now I have a daughter who also has it and so it's just one of those things that like I am learning that I've got to talk. Community matters all we yeah. have to do is discuss things and had I known had I shared it with my family my dad would have given me tips, whatever he did. And so yeah. um, it isn't, it, it's one of those things where you really do have to kind of take an antihistamine or prepare your body or layer up or do all the things to kind of combat the cold from getting to me and yeah. to kind of regulate the the um, spike in my body temperature regulation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just realized had I shared. Oh, things would have been different. Yes, it would have been, been such a, well, because he, I mean, Simply, he would have shared with my teachers. Yeah, this is she's not making this up. This is real. Yeah, it's and then, an actual thing. Yeah. yeah, and so then they could have approached it differently. I don't know, kind of. Oh, it would have been a totally different situation. Yeah. But I just, for whatever reason, decided in my younger years, and I still battle with it now, sharing my journey because yeah. if I don't, if I talk about it, there's people who knows who else has experienced that. That's right. And I have met people in my adult life who have also. They're like, oh yeah, I have that too, and. Isn't it crazy? Oh, it's so inconvenient because it really is. It's just, yeah. it's annoying. You don't have time for it and you have to be mindful. And um, I've done, you know, five and 10 Ks and things. And I've, most of the time it's cold outside when you start those. And so I oh, have yeah. to be very deliberate. There's times where I've had to do like, okay, I'm, is it going to be worth it to take some Benadryl? You know, whatever it is to oh, figure out like an antihistamine. Yeah, run. right, yeah. right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I just, I'm, I'm learning and that if I, share mm -hmm. most of the time there's someone that's been through it and so that was a big one for me to realize 
my dad could have been giving me all these tips. Yeah. But I just didn't share it. Yeah. And you would have been open to hearing. Yes. It would have been wonderful. You know, it's just so interesting to me how I think Satan just tells us, like, keep it to yourself. Um, That's one thing. I have a a friend who's so great about reaching towards me when she has, when she's struggling. and, And it's been good for me to be like, you know what, this is how I should be yes, also exactly. um, yeah. because as soon as you share it and someone else is praying for you or yes. walk in the path with you, it does make such a big difference. Yeah. But I think Satan says, you know, isolate. Exactly. You're struggling. Isolate. It, I know. And we listen and then it makes the journey longer and harder because community yeah. can make it, like you said, when you know someone else is praying for you and, um, and then when you meet someone who's walked a similar journey, you guys are able to share and talk and, be strong together and support each other. And when the things get rough, you can go to that person and say, okay, I'm struggling and they can help you along too. So yeah. Yeah. And then another thing I'll say is I struggled and I still struggle. It's, it's a constant battle, but I've, I struggled, especially early on in my marriage, sharing this stuff with my husband. Mm. You know, we share all the things, but society tells us, you know, you're supposed to be this dainty, beautiful woman. And oh, yeah. I didn't want to share my, that part of myself with him and so it took a few years for me to kind of open he knew obviously some of the things but Uh i was closed off to some and Mm -hmm. obviously when you're living with someone they're going to notice stuff and sure yeah yeah right exactly the delusion that i keep to myself but um he has been just such a gift and just so supporting and um so anyway so my point is just sharing it with the people who are in your life that yeah. this is something you're struggling through. It's not, he's never, ever made me feel like I was less than beautiful or less than the woman that he married or that mm-hmm. he saw when he chose me. And so, I don't know, it's just the the enemy gets in our head and tries to tell us lies that can push people away that we don't need to be pushing away. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And what, for your husband, what a beautiful representation yes. of, of Jesus. Yeah, You know, you just realize, like, the Lord feels the same way. Yes, and exactly. So, so Such a gift. That's yeah. awesome. So, as the church, I know you spoke a little bit about um, the church and how we've kind of failed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate it, but... Well, no, yeah. no, that's, it's yeah. okay. I mean... I just would be curious um, what you would say, like, what could the church do better? Um, I think we need to meet people where they are. Mm. And I think we get that in some other areas, which it it happens in other areas, but... um, What would that practically look like? Yeah. Um, So I think one of the areas that we struggle with as a church is um, our food celebrations. Mm. It's generally not a healthy option. Okay. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not trying to say, you know, do away with all of the foods that we all love and they're amazing, but yeah. to just offer a variety of things. I, I think, think something healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A healthy option just so that people who are having to be mindful of that can participate in mm-hmm. the celebration. Yeah. Um, I also think if we could figure out ways to organize and have ways to move our body and honor that and, um, we talk about other um, kind of spiritual disciplines and things. If we could also include health and um, even classes or um, activities, even. And I know here we have we have activities that uh-huh. go on, so it's good. Yeah, there's like yoga, yeah, and dancing, I, yeah, I don't know, volleyball, and that, yeah. all the things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's what matters. I think if we can just make it a part of um, 
when you're body and you're part of the body of Christ, you have opportunities to move your body and honor your body. And um, instead of, I think one of the, the most damaging things is we just kind of ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have struggled with the idea that, okay, am I being gluttonous? If, but not really. And, you know, and I don't, there's, I don't know that we need to necessarily teach exactly what gluttony is. We can. I mean, we there's lots of different discipleship things and different things we dig into the, the word and teach on. Mm-hmm. Um, but just giving people an opportunity to learn that um, food can become a problem mm-hmm. and um, lack of being active can become a problem. And so mm-hmm. just giving opportunities. I don't necessarily think we need to walk up to people and say, hey, are you struggling with? Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think that's it. But I do think that we need to just support people in living a healthy lifestyle and Mm -hmm. being able to be a part of the community. um, Because there's a lot of times that I've gone to events and I've been like, oh, there's nothing I can eat here. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily because I'm on a quote unquote diet, but it's just um, I'm not eating fried foods or I'm not, you know, I'm trying to nourish. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. It's not necessarily an easy thing. I know that then makes maybe budget issues, you know, things oh, sure. where you're, you have to be mindful of. It's it's not the easiest thing to support. But, you know, if we could just figure out ways to include people who are mindful of how they nourish themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, a question I have is on your journey, is there something specific that you did that you felt like just really helped you to grow and heal um, in this area? Is there... Is there anything that you've been through or um, that you were focused on that you just felt like made big strides for you? Um, there's not one thing that I can think of, but I've I've really tried to just remember, like I said, God's promises. I've mm-hmm. posted scripture all mm-hmm. over my space. Literally, when I was when I first lived alone before I got married. I, I had scriptures everywhere, yeah. on every kitchen cabinet, inside the refrigerator, on my vanity when I was getting dressed, in my closet, on the front door before I left, in my car. Just trying to remember that the enemy in his lies wouldn't, because yeah. if I had all of that, if I remembered that the enemy in his lies, he wouldn't have, if I, okay, so I'm going to pause. I just tried to make sure that I had God's truth everywhere so that when the enemy tried to take root and tried to plant his lies, yeah. they would not have room to grow yeah. because I was already battling that. And it wasn't an active battle. It was just like we, you know, we learn songs and then we can sing them or we learn different things when we're children in church and yeah. um, we have them hidden in our hearts so then they can rise up or that's the first thing you think of. That was my goal was to just have God's promises everywhere. Yeah. And so then um, whenever I would have those those weaker moments or a lie would creep in or I'd walk past the mirror and be like, oh, you know, or yeah. I'd go into a store to find something and I couldn't find it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'd eat something that maybe I shouldn't have eaten and all of those things. I would just remember what God had told me. And so then it wasn't, I didn't fall as far down into sure. the slump of it all. Yeah. And so, um, and then also, like I said, um, just finding people who you can support. Like I said, my husband has been a great support, but also finding other women who I trust who are also walking through this journey and we met, have met for a workout or we go for a walk together yeah. or 
um, just kind of chat through it or join each other on challenge when we're trying to, you know, clean up that diet or clean up whatever it is. Just supporting people through it and having mm -hmm. other people who supported me. Yeah. And yeah, and um, I think if we can just remember that we have to be part of community in this, this is also a thing that it's a struggle to do mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. Um, if you find a community, find um, different people who are walking through the same journey, that it makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is that the, the advice that you would give to somebody who's listening, who um, is can relate to part of your story, maybe currently um, is struggling with an eating disorder or yes. um, with body image? What would, is that what you would say is find community? Or what would you, what would you tell them? Well, first, yes, I think find community. Find someone, one person, that mm -hmm. you think that you can trust and say, I've got something that I'm walking through. And I, can I just talk to you about it? Can I just share? And let them know that it's scary. If it's scary for you, let that be part of what you share. Sure. Um, and just put it out there and mm -hmm. see how it goes. Now, I will say we have to also be mindful in who we select because people are human. And yeah. so they may not say the perfect thing. They may not receive it perfectly. But if you can just share with someone, find someone who you know loves you and cares for you, um, who wants to see you thriving and who is willing to support you through the process, and just share that mm -hmm. so that, that you're not alone. And then if you can plug into um, maybe find... I don't know, there's uh, there's programs that are out there if you do want to be a part of a larger, more formal community, you can yeah. join that will be able to help you. Um, but yeah, I think for me that has been the biggest thing is sharing it and making, making it so that I'm not in my own head about it and in this closed off world about it mm -hmm. because the enemy just has too much room. Oh yeah. If I'm, if I have any moment of weakness, he sees it and just takes off and so if there's other people when I'm having weaknesses then they're able to remind me no 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 wait yeah you know come back we're not yeah. going there you know <laughs> and so I yeah community for me has made all the difference and it doesn't mean a ton of people need to know and sure like I said for me I've, I've held it so closely which has been anyway it's just been that I think is one of the worst things I've done and this is isolate. Is isolate, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it just gives the enemy too much power. Mm -hmm. And we don't always remember the things that we know as truth. Mm -hmm. And so if he's given an inch to yeah. run with, then it can really just mess up your journey and derail the progress. And mm -hmm. so yeah, I'll say one that bulimia thankfully has never resurfaced. I know that will never be something that I struggle with again. Um, I've also have had to tell myself, convince myself, remind myself that wherever I am on this journey, it's okay. Mm. And that it may wax and wane. There may be times where I'm thriving, if you will, where I look like I want to look and um, feel how I want to feel. And then there may be seasons that I'm going to have to start again or sure. bring myself back in, reel it back in. But just reminding myself that where I am is okay. Yeah, and I think for all of us, that's so important, that kindness towards ourselves yes. for where we're at. Yeah. Um, you know, because Satan wants us to hate, you it know, does. towards ourselves. Yeah. And uh, when we can kind of let ourselves off the hook and be kind and yeah. um, and move forward in that manner, it just makes all the difference. Yeah. So, it does. well, mm -hmm. I am very proud of you for doing what the Holy Spirit asked you to do and sharing your story. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people that can relate to 
a part of it. Yes. And I also know that, you know, when we take those steps of obedience that the Lord is just so good to to hold us. And so yeah. I just pray that for you as I know Thank that you. it's still close to your heart. It is, yeah. Thank you. So. I'm just grateful and my prayers at least one person will feel brave enough to share. Yeah. Their Could journey. they share it with you? Oh, if... definitely. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Stop me. I'm I'm more than willing to share and you know what I've experienced and want to hear what you've experienced and yeah, let's yeah. do this together. That's yeah. it. We cannot do it alone. I don't I can't do it alone. I'll say that. And so yeah, anyone that would love to talk to me, I'm more than willing. Please stop me and let's talk. Yeah, and they can find you on the stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Be easy. <laughs> yeah. So I've loved, yeah. loved talking to you too yeah, today. So thank, thank you for you having for, me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Graceway's She Is podcast. We pray that today's episode encouraged you and gave you hope for your own journey. Be sure to subscribe to get notified about future episodes.